1: Got to do the world?
0: Good morning, this is Annie for Showreel, our look at uh, the Australian film industry. And today we're going to highlight a film that's showing right at the moment at Venova. Uh, uh, it's the Balkan film. African Ladies Troop, and I've got a chat I had with uh, Roz Horan, who's the director. She was the director of the uh play that uh, they built from their experience, but uh, also the director of the film which came out of it. So, without any further ado, we'll have a listen to my chat with Roz Horan. Now, of course. The film itself and the journey and the theatre pieces are around the lives of the, these five African women who have are refugees and have come and lived in Sydney. And you quite clearly started your theatre process by deciding that you wanted to delve into and help people understand the trauma of refugees, correct?
1: Well... No, more 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 specifically, the trauma of rape. Actually, what that was ah, about. I right. Mean, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, they happen to be refugee women because I, I know that an enormous number of refugee women have been raped. Do you know what I mean? So I went to Australia for UNHCR and I went to start the refugee counselling service to see if they might um, introduce me to some women who who might like to be involved in the project. But I wasn't. This project's not really focusing on the refugee experience as such, you know, like a your journey and finding asylum. It's not that. It, they happen to be refugees, but it really is the story of folk, you know, of, about women who have been abused and violated and experienced awful violence. And it's about understanding the nature of that specific trauma and how they can move on from there and put their lives together again.
0: And it's, that, it's that, that, quite extraordinary yeah. stories too.
1: Yes. Yeah, what? they they... They are Annie. They're, you know, each each of them are kind of very different, and some of you know it happened in a domestic situation, and but quite a few of them did happen in the context of war, which happens, you know, in wars all around the world. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's far more dangerous to be a woman in a war zone than it is to be a soldier. Um, you know, so their stories are, are, are you know quite shocking, but these women. Have resilience, you know, and I, I just find their courage, both their courage in, in sort of coming out and talking publicly about what happened on a stage, but their courage in life and what they're doing with their lives now, you know, it's, it's very inspirational.
0: Can you tell me when you decided that you were going to make a film of this concept?
1: Um, from when, because I began with the play, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, you did. I, i i I had a camera in in the rehearse, you know in the workshops and rehearsal rooms right from the beginning, just in case you know so I was filming on spec, but it probably wasn 't until um about two years into me running workshops and getting to know these women once we 'd kind of had the offers to do the show in the theater and we oh no, it was really after we we even had this sort of extraordinary response in our theater seasons like sold out and standing ovations every night, you know, and I saw how the women rose to the occasion and, um, you know, were kind of really empowered by being on stage and having their stories witnessed and validated by the audience. And, uh, you know, it was probably at that stage I thought, I'm so glad I have been filming because I think there's, there's a terrific journey in this and I am going to make a documentary film yeah now
0: the whole thing is incredibly uh disturbing really isn 't it? I mean it was quite courageous not only of you but of these uh, women to uh expose their stories
1: yes that 's right it, it was indeed and um but they were kind of ready to they were feeling um they were feeling incredibly kind of choked in a way by keeping it inside them you know and and um you know, by, by holding the silence, they were kind of just really ready to, to start to find a way of trying to turn the awfulness of what had happened to them and the trauma of that into something that might speak to other people and might help other people.
0: There's a whole theory about uh, 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 the, uh, the thing about trauma where in uh, psychotherapy in the West, there's an awful lot of uh, a reliance on talking uh, therapy but yeah. using theatre and uh, uh, art is actually another form of thea- therapy, isn't it?
1: Well, it is. I mean, it, it it is in a way. You know, like I mean, it it the pe- the people involved. Change, you know, and, and kind of become empowered by making something beautiful, turning something traumatic into, into something articulate and powerful that, you know, that can help other people. But we, you know, because theatre is visceral and it's movement and it's image and it's song, like we were drumming and we were dancing and we were singing all right from the beginning, you know, so it wasn't all pain and doom and gloom. We were kind of getting, having these outlets to release feelings you know, sometimes into, into a kind of, you know, song, some of which were joyous, some of which were sad. Um, so you have all of those kind of physical and emotional ways of releasing that's above and beyond talking through, through something like thick performance.
0: Now, let's go back to the filmmaking. Uh, in a sense, this film, uh, like you said, it was a journey. You, you've created it as a journey, but there, you must have made choices about themes.
1: Well, of course, every every filmmaker makes choices about scenes, Yeah. Can you tell me about that? Well, well, I mean, I was just choosing the scenes that I thought were the most articulate and the most potent and kind of represented key stages of that journey. You know, we've got scenes that showed the kind of really difficult, painful things, you know, like when... In particular when one of the performers, you know, felt she wanted to drop out and it was all too much, you know, all of that's there. I, I guess we chose things that, that seemed to reflect what we felt was the kind of overall reality, which was, you know, it was very much a roller coaster ride, you know, going from ups and downs and sort of fantastic breakthroughs and exhilarating highs. So I was I was choosing the scenes that somehow illustrated that and reflected that journey.
0: So when you say that, I mean, you've decided at some point that you're going to make a documentary out of this, but actually you were filming as, at like, a diary form?
1: Um, well, I had a camera person in there, you know, like, from very early on who was just wandering around, you know, I sort of said, come in today because we're going to be dealing... With this, you know, which, which I think will bring out, bring up some sort of strong things or some interesting things or come in today because we're putting these scenes together or, you know, come and listen to this discussion we're going to have today. So I was kind of bringing the camera person in for what I thought were going to be, um, you know, potent moments and, and that camera person, because I was busy kind of working with the women and, and performers. And so that camera person was moving around the space and filming what she saw.
0: Yeah, and then you must have done some linking interviews with some of the uh, That's people? That's right,
1: I did. Yeah, we did. We, we we did sort of debriefs very regularly with them. I mean, you know, like at the end of each week, practically, we did a debrief. And um, some of those were filmed. And, like, you know, I couldn't afford to have the cam- camera person every single time. Um, but, you know, then we filmed you know, some more in-depth debriefs and interviews with them at key moments. You know, every few months we film something with them about how they're going and what they're feeling and why they're doing it, if they want to continue it or not. Or You know, that choice was always there from them all through the process of, um, you know, do you want to go on with this? We don't have to go on with it. Does it feel good, you know? Yeah, so that was all very much part of the process.
0: Hi, my name is Sophia Turkovich, the director of Once My Mother. Uh, you're listening to Radio 3CR, the real radio station. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. You're on 3CR with Annie McLaughlin and this is Showreel. We're having a chat with Ros Horan, the director of the Borkham African Ladies Troupe, which is a film which, at the moment, it's showing at the Nova. Really worth having a look at. We'll continue with our chat. Now, there's something else going on in this film, uh, and obviously for them as well, which is this fascinating discussion about the role of art and interplay between uh, a normal person's lived life and what art is, because it comes to a head with one of the women in particular. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's an incredible discussion that you have in this film. Mm. It's one of the strengths, mm. I'd say.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, well, it is. That is the unique challenge of, you know, I've ne- I'd never done this before. I'd only ever worked with professional actors, you know, and um, I somehow just got incredibly drawn to these women and I thought, well, it could be a very powerful thing to actually have them in the show, but also... A very risky and a very difficult thing. I, I, I had also worked with four professional actors in the show, so the burden of the storytelling was shared between the professional actors and the real women. So the more difficult parts, you know, the more painful parts, uh, were not taken by the women themselves. They were played out by actors. But nevertheless, you know, it, it was finding that right balance. Of you know, we worked with a with a counsellor there to support us, and as she talked about, and we all did, it was finding that kind of, which was hard to find, but the balance of between having some distance, <laughs> you know, knowing that what you're talking about is not happening to you right now, um, and being able to observe yourself in in a situation now in the present, you know, in the theatre, uh, but also still being connected because all actors have to have some sort of connection with what's happening. So, you know, it was, it was a particular challenge, but, you know, we, we didn't do this in a hurry. It took two years before we even had a first performance on stage, you know, so we had a lot of time to kind of feel our ways into it and find, you know, find ways of dealing with it. But at times, you know, it was still too much. At times it was too much, um, for somebody just being in the space listening to someone else telling their story or indeed listening to one of the other women's stories. Um, but, you know, I was with, I mean, these women are still very much in my life and we're all, we've are all we all sort of formed very strong bonds through doing it. And I was with one of them last night, in fact, and she was in a Q&A and she was talking about how when she sees the film now and even when she was performing it in the final seasons at the Opera House and in London, she felt a great distance between that story and herself, you know the more she talked about it, the more she felt it was kind of like over there on the other side of the road. But it took a long time to get to that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's quite extraordinary. And it's a great gift that they've given people to actually express this stuff. What's the difference between uh, the theatre experience and the film experience?
1: Um, The theatre... Well, I think the film experience has more layers to it because you're both getting aspects of... you know, I mean, I tried to kind of give, you know, some strong kind of a strong essence of the theatre experience weaving that through it but you are also getting the behind the scenes experience, you know, you're seeing at the same time as you're getting a sense of what the theatre was, you're seeing how we um, you know how we kind of researched and, and improvised and kind of, in, you know, time struggled to make it and then the biggest story of the film is the journey of transformation that happened to the women in the process of five years of being engaged in, in this show. And you see them gradually growing from, um, you know, where they were five years ago, you know, pretty traumatized and, um, you know, very vulnerable women to really quite empowered women today. You can get that in the film. In the play, you're just at this moment in time. Um, so you can't, you know, you are wherever you are with them. You can't get a sense of all that way back and all that way forward the same time span. There's a lot more lighter moments in the play. We, we dealt with, you know, clichés about Africa. We had scenes in the hairdressing salon. You know, we, we interspersed their past stories with stories of resettling in a new country, you know, and all the kind of funny and awkward situations that could arise out of that. Yeah. Does so, that make sense? Yeah, I mean?
0: no, that yeah. does make sense. And uh, obviously the uh, level of uh, musicality and uh, other kind of artistic expressions that come out of Africa obviously lend a great strength to they do. the play. They do,
1: they do, they do to the play and to the film. I think you know, um, right from the beginning, I you know before I did a thing, I thought, well, I've got to work with their their tools, their forms of cultural expression, and so from day one. We, we were drumming, you know, or not that they necessarily knew how to drum, some didn't, some didn't, but I had an African drummer there. So every session, you know, we would drum and we would um, sing together. You know, people would share their different cultures and songs and we would dance. And all of that is it very much informed the final form of the theatre. And, you know, there's quite a bit of that musicality still being woven through the film.
0: It's, there's a couple of really interesting elements there because, I mean, the story is about rape, it's about women, but the, these women come from Africa. But I, I was telling someone about this film and they said, oh, well, where are they from? Because Africa's a big place. And of course, that's true. They come from mm. different places themselves. So they, that's right. And so Australia becomes this almost a no man's land where people can actually embrace each other in a way that they probably couldn't have done that's in their right. own country.
1: That's right, it does, it does. And they've all, um, yeah, because, you know, it, we, we, they they come from, Eritrea, you know, these women, Eritrea, Guinea, Sierra Leone and Kenya. Kenya, yeah. And, yeah, and they're, you know, East and West Africa and, you know, they are very different cultures and, um, and they all have preconceptions about each other's cultures. Well, of course. They're just, they're just, of course. And, um, yeah, and all of them, you know, to my, I suppose, in some ways surprise, but also absolute delight all of them have had fantastic experiences in in being resettled in australia like you know they quite a lot of that was in the play because they all talked about coming to australia and what it's meant and what it's done you know so it's good to know that um you know despite how harsh policies on asylum seekers and stopping the boats that those that do come in through the official channels and you know whatever resettlement programs we offer that they they really work, you know they feel like Australia has given them a hell of a lot, yeah.
0: you know, it's really, yeah yeah no that's right it's a quite an extraordinary story, um just before you have to run off and do what you have to do um let's go back to the practicalities of the film making and the editing process how yes. long How long did it take you to edit?
1: Yeah, we had a long edit, we had a long edit, I think we had. Twelve or fourteen weeks, probably all up, and um, yeah, I mean, I had more than seventy hours of footage, and you know, it was just, um, I mean, there was so much still good material I could, I would have liked to have in the film, but I couldn't. You know, there was just too much material. I had a bit of a false start early on with with an editor, and that kind of relationship didn't continue, and um, and then you know, I found another editor, and that was a really wonderful collaboration because it Can was I a of shared, Can, shared vision.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Can you tell us about what, it's a bit like going to a psychotherapist, isn't it? Some of them will work and some of them won't with you. That's
1: right. That's right, yes. Well, yeah, yeah it's just, you know, you've got to, ha- you've got to have the same vision. <laughs> you've got to find that. And I I, I found that. And, um you know so i had a great collaboration with the person who in you know who was the main editor on the film and we we knew exactly what we wanted to do with the story but it was still you know painstaking because we were weaving together theatrical images with verite interviews with archival footage um, you know and and street scenes and you know <laughs> and their families that's the other thing that you get from the film that's not in the play because it, it does open out to Give you their family's reaction to the women, you know, publicly telling their stories on stage, and I, I think that's a very interesting part of the film.
0: Yeah, I do too, and um, I also think that the sense of movement, the way you use uh, travelling, you know, the mm-hmm. street scenes and stuff like that—that that, that's a great motif in the film oh, itself. Thank
1: you. Yeah, you know, I want. Well, we did do a lot of travelling. You know, it was a lot of travelling for everybody from wherever they were coming from, meeting in Parramatta and. You know, I got to know Western Suburbs extremely well <laughs> and it's great. Um, but, you know, it, the whole thing is is a journey and um, it's been the most life-enriching sort of artistic project I've ever done. Now, I, I just love these women, you know, and um, and I have been, I feel like I've grown, you know, like I've learned so much about their different cultures and, and certainly learned about, you know, understanding what sexual abuse does to people. But, no, I feel privileged because they're, they're still in my life, you know, and um, it, it's a kind of... It really, it really is an artistic pro- project that is overlapped into real life in many ways. You know, as you mentioned in the beginning, it was real life we were trying to put on stage, and then we've had the stage thing, and the flow-on effects of that have really come back into all our real life. So, you know, it's a kind of lovely to and fro I guess. <laughs> how,
0: did you ma- uh, how did you finance all this?
1: Well look I put a lot of money in myself up front you know because all the, all the initial filming I did on spec I just paid for and um, and then once I really knew we were making a film I, I mean I got a little bit of money from the government but not you know only a bit of development funding from Screen Australia and largely I financed it from private individuals um, I suppose, you know, people who thought the subject was important and who, you know, I guess had confidence in me and whatever I was able to show them, you know, of the film so far. And a lot of personal family foundations have put money in, a lot of private individuals. I set up a a lovely thing, which was a friend of mine gave me the idea of trying to get a circle of women because, you know, so much a women's story. So we had a group of a 100 women who all put in $500 each you know, so that yeah. raised 50000 So it was really, really just very much personal um contributions towards it. I mean, the theatre was financed in a much more traditional way through grants from the Australia Council and the New South Wales Arts and the Office for the Status of Women in, Ca- in Canberra put money into developing that. So, you know, that's... But, you know, in the, in the end, my husband, you know, I think producers do. You, have, you end up putting a lot of money into your own projects.
0: Well, that's right. Um, yeah. wh- where does it go now? I mean, on one level, there's one question about what this happens to the film. Uh, mm. But on the other hand, now these women have been on this roller coaster ride. What happens mm. to them?
1: Well, they're all taking off. Uh, you know, it's sort of like it's been a... A diving board, you know that le- that they've leapt off from. For example, Yari, the youngest one, who is well, she's an artistic a person, yeah. the poet. Yeah, I mean, she's just had a piece that was broadcast on the ABC, a story that she wrote called "A Long Walk Home." She's been offered acting work. She's writing poetry. You know, she'll probably publish a book. So, you know, So yeah. she's thriving. She she
0: she always understood the difference between art expression and her real life. That's
1: it, right. It's, it's she, in her blood. It is, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so she's, she's doing great things. Aminata from Sierra Leone has, you know, in the process of the journey found what she wants to be her, what her mission in life and she has set up a foundation called the Aminata Maternity Foundation to help support mothers and babies in Sierra Leone. Yep. And she's there right now on a, on a research trip with, you know, to see how we, this foundation can liaise with the one maternity hospital that's there to, you know, oh my help goodness! Get more beds. Yeah, so it's isn't it? Yeah, 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 extraordinary things she's doing. Yordi is, um, you know, it's given her the impetus to really study. She she wants to be a counsellor, but she's still in the process of refining her written English because she had no formal education. Um, you know, she was a child soldier. I oh, no. so oh, just hmm. the
0: whole idea of leaving a four-year-old on the street is yeah. just mind-boggling.
1: It's mind-boggling. Yeah, so she's studying um I mean she's still working hard just you know just doing kind of menial work to earn money to support her four children but she plans to write a book you know her life story and she's you know working towards becoming a counselor and rosemary and well rosemary was already doing sort of a lot you know the police liaison officer yep. and um she's doing some more fantastic things because she's um she's become a spokesperson look well, they're all spokes you know they're all kind of inspirational speakers now and yep. In, gr- in great demand. Rosemary runs a wonderful cultural exchange program with refugee women and Australian women in the country. She's, she's one of the leaders and founders of the African Women's Dinner Dance. Oh, so, right. yeah, so they're all just doing amazing things. You know, yeah. it, this, has, this has been a springboard and off, they're out there contributing hugely to our, to our country.
0: So what's happening with the film? I mean, I know it's been shown yeah. theatrically.
1: Yeah, so it's having a kind of limited national release starting on October the 6th in Melbourne and Sydney and Perth and Adelaide. I think there's just one screening in Brisbane. And um, it's been at, you know, Melbourne Film Festival, Sydney Film Festival. I'm taking it to Mumbai Film Festival um, very soon. We were invited to that. And then we want to start our outreach program. You know, we want to take it to regional Australia, and we want to do screenings on demand to all the sorts of frontline workers who work with people who've been abused. We want to develop an educational kit that will go with the film into schools. So we've got plans for a good year or more you know, outreach program to really get the film out into the world and into all the communities that would be helped by the inspiration of these women. Hi, my name is Rolf Deheer. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat I had with Director Roz Horan. Uh, she was talking about her film, The Borkham African Ladies Troop*, which is uh, now screening at NOVA. A very interesting film on a whole lot of levels. Coming up next is Published or Not, and we're going to go out with a terrific song, Something Has Changed, by Kate Vigo and her orchestra. You're on 3CR. <laughs>